You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back. Oh, it's so good to be back. I've been sick all week. I lost my voice. I could not record any podcast episodes. Couldn't do my YouTube videos. Couldn't do anything because I couldn't talk. But as you can see, I'm finally getting my voice back. Or as you can hear, I'm finally getting my voice back. So I'm glad to be back. Welcome to episode eight. So today's real crime story is about 22-year-old Jasmine Nunez from Springfield, Massachusetts. So in 2009, Jasmine and Melanie, her sister, are living in Springfield. Jasmine moved to New York to pursue her career. She wanted to work in the medical profession. So one day, Jasmine decides to get a tattoo on her lower back. She got a tattoo of flowers on her lower back. She always wanted a tattoo, but I guess she was waiting until she was old enough that her parents couldn't give a crap for it anymore. So she got a tattoo anyways, and she was on her way and that the tattoo will become significant later. So I just mentioned that for a reason. So she did get a tattoo on her lower back of a flower. So she decided to move to New York to pursue her career. She was on her way to Florida and missed her flight. Now, while she was waiting for her flight, she meets a security guard named Andres Sabalos. And they started talking. He was 26 years old. So he gave her his phone number so they can talk and maybe meet up. She calls him and he takes her to a really nice restaurant. And after dating for a little while, she decides to move into his apartment. Now, Jasmine loved being on social media. Like, she loved it. Like She was always on her phone. And her boyfriend would accuse her of cheating. They would fight a lot. They would break up, make up, get back together. Just the same Thing over and over again. I think Andres was very insecure when it came to Jasmine. He just felt like she was too good for him, or maybe that he could never be good enough for her. Jasmine told me that she would walk away from the computer, sometimes use the bathroom, and she would come back to find like her laptop open or her phone lit up, messages, you know, kind of open, or just things left in a way on her screen that weren't like that before. She realized that Andres had been going through her private messages on social media. Jasmine was very fearless. She would ask him straight up, like, why are you going through my stuff? Andres would accuse Jasmine of cheating. Anybody that interacted with her on a status, he was suspicious of. And that did damage to Jasmine because she was very loyal to him. And so feeling like she wasn't trusted upset her. Her boyfriend, Andres, always wanted to do comedy, like stand-up comedy. So one night, um, on his comedy debut, Jasmine goes out with him and his friends. Jasmine notices that he's paying more attention to an attractive woman, but not to her, his girlfriend. She finds out that it's his ex-girlfriend. He's come to support him. And Jasmine gets upset, but, you know, obviously, we know she knows what game he's playing. You know, he's upset with her because she's on social media and he's accusing her of cheating. So what does he do? 
he brings his ex-girlfriend to the comedy. He's the comedy debut to make his girlfriend jealous and be like, well, it's okay for you. It's okay for me. But obviously it's not the same thing. So anyways, they fight about it and, she, and then they make up. So one day they decide to take a drive to visit her family in Springfield, Massachusetts. So while they were there, they got into a huge fight over her phone. I'm, I believe it was over her phone. She was on social media or something. And their fight gets violent. They actually physically fight. Jasmine decides to start looking through his computer. Maybe there's something about him that she doesn't know. June 5th, 2011, Jasmine calls her sister because she was upset about what she found on her boyfriend's computer. She messaged her sister that she found some stuff that made her look at her boyfriend in a different way. So after her sister talked to Jasmine on the phone that night, she tried calling her the next day, but there was no answer. So she left messages for her. About a week later, she called the house and spoke to Jasmine's boyfriend. He tells her that Jasmine went out with some friends. So she goes, okay, could you just let her know that I called? Then the school called and said Jasmine has not been in school for four or five days. Now her sister knows that, that, that something is definitely wrong because Jasmine would not miss school, especially for four or five days. So they try getting a hold of her boyfriend, but they can't reach him either. Her sister can't get a hold of either of them. Jasmine's sister and her mother decide to take a drive down to New York and check out her apartment with the police. They find that all of Jasmine's clothes were still in her closet. Even her flat iron was sitting in the bathroom. And her sister knows that Jasmine would not go anywhere overnight without her flat iron. Even her Facebook traffic stopped completely. Her sister tried reaching out to her on social media, but her sister wasn't responding to any of them. Then her sister remembered that her boyfriend's car had a GPS tracking system. So she contacted the police and let them know. The car was located in Virginia. So while Jasmine's sister and her mother are at the police station, she, her sister gets a call from one of Jasmine's old friends. While I was waiting, I received a phone call from one of Jasmine's classmates from grade school. She told me, Melanie, you have to see this. The uh, New York State Police posted a photo on their Facebook page. They're trying to identify a body. It's a woman and they took a picture of the tattoo and it, it looks just like Jasmine. I just froze. It felt really quiet, but inside I was screaming. On June 12th, 2011, firefighters were putting out a fire at James Baird State Park in Pleasant Valley, New York, when they found Jasmine's burned body. Now the police of Virginia find Jasmine's boyfriend's car and they stop him, but then he takes off on the police. So they chase him. Then he gets out of the car, runs off, and shoots himself. Now the police don't know where Jasmine died, but they assume that he killed her in the apartment they shared. He drove her to the park and set her body on fire. Investigators believe that her boyfriend beat Jasmine to death at an unknown location before transporting her body to James Baird State Park, where he then set her body on fire. They would constantly get into arguments. He would hack into Jasmine's email accounts, listen in on her phone calls, and even include himself in plans she had with her family. She was planning on leaving him, and that's why he killed her. He even posted on Jasmine's Facebook account after he killed her, trying to fool all her relatives into thinking that she was still alive. After Jasmine's death, her relatives started a foundation called the Jasmine Nunez Foundation in an effort to prevent domestic violence. 
This guy was a piece of work. I never get those guys who claim to love you so much. I love you so much. You loved her so much that you're willing to kill her. <laughs> you love her so much that you're willing to beat her, abuse her. That's not love. That's control. That's obsession. And all I have to say is, I'm sorry that he sh killed her first. He should have shot himself in the head before he killed her. Then she'd still be alive. Well, thank you so much for joining me for today's real crime story. If you like it, please share it and subscribe. Also, check out my other podcast, A Girl Who Craves Her Faves, where I recap all the drama in my favorite reality shows. And if you are a true crime addict like me, check out my store, crystalkiss.com, for some murder merch, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Bye.